0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli I'm Chip Patterson. Happy Tuesday morning to you. Bowl season daily rolls on. Now, A little bit later, we will be recording the next edition of the Bowl Locks, which will cover uh, December 30th through January 2nd but we will still be giving you bowl season daily so you can get that that little that 10 to 15 minutes just to get you set with all the facts and all the stats. So keep your eyes out on the feed for the bowl locks so that you can get the picks that we feel the strongest about, but we will be breaking down every single bowl game left on the schedule and we'll be doing it here at bowl season daily. Uh, the first game here on this Tuesday, it is the Cheez-It Bowl, which I do not think Will be another seven to seven TCU Cal Classic.
1: It's it's a different Cheez It Bowl though.
0: It, it um,
1: that, that this it's it's the Cheez It Bowl, but it's not the real Cheez It Bowl. Like the real Cheez It Bowl is played in a baseball stadium in Arizona. This is a Cheez It Bowl being played in Orlando, so it's. It's the same name, but it's, it's not the same bowl.
0: It also means that we don't get to do baseball stadium unders as our principal. (laughs) We had a listener reach out as soon as like pinstripe went down and like that Fenway bowl went down. And, you know, I think that maybe we, I don't think we were ever going to play in the trop. I think that bowl game has moved, but yeah, it's, it saddens me that we don't have any baseball stadium unders the surefire principle (laughs) in these bowl games.
1: It's just, I mean, I feel like 2020 has taken a lot away from us, and that's just another log to throw on the fire.
0: Uh, the matchup, we'll have an ACC Big 12 matchup, Oklahoma State going up against Miami, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time on the kick. Oklahoma State as a slight favorite against the Hurricanes. The biggest headline coming out of this game is uh, Miami will get Derek King back for a sixth season in college football. He did four years at Houston. He was a graduate transfer uh, for Miami, and because of the NCAA allowing for an extra year of eligibility, he, like many, will have the opportunity to play again in 2021. King is going to take advantage of that, come back for another year with the Hurricanes. This line opened Oklahoma State minus four. It has started moving towards Miami. um, As we're sitting here uh, recording this, for your consumption on Tuesday morning. Do you think the King news has anything to do with this line movement? Like, is it just a, a popular opinion that where maybe the odds makers are taking into consideration King opting out, you know, King not playing so he could get ready for the NFL draft with King, not only not opted out for this bowl game, but opted all the way back into 2021. You think that sort of changed the expectations for Miami? Probably
1: a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's as much from the bookmakers aspect as much as probably from the public aspect of it thinking you know it's well we know he's gonna play we know he wants to play and there's excitement and it's just kind of pushing people towards Miami but I also think that part of it might just be that people kind of started to realize that line was a little big to begin with and it probably shouldn't have been as big I mean we went over this on the Locks Pod. you guys have all locked up Oklahoma State I didn't lock anything up but I am on Miami here if, as far as picking the game. And I know you're going to talk about how Miami hasn't won a bowl game since like 1925,
0: it seems like. No, no, no. <laughs> they've, they've won one recently, but it's just only yeah. one in the last 10. It is one and yeah. nine in bowl games in the last decade.
1: Yeah, they've been bad in bowls, but I do think that it's, it's funny because if you remember like way back at the start of the season when Miami was playing in the first few weeks, like I, I was on like our reaction pods and stuff saying, you know what, I think – I think I'm going to do the dumb thing and I think I'm going to buy into Miami. I think that this is, I didn't think they were back, but I was like, this is a fun team. This is a good team. And I think that they continued to be that all season long. It's just, they kind of got lost because they got waxed by Clemson. And then we just kind of moved on from them, or at least the world at large kind of just moved on and said, "Okay, well, you know, they they're back to being bad Miami, but they weren't. They didn't fall down to three or four losses. They finished eight and two. They finished strong after having a few weeks off, having games postponed and canceled. And I think that we've just kind of forgotten about this team. I think that I mean, watching from start to finish, Oklahoma State and Miami, I was far more impressed with Miami this year than I was Oklahoma State. Like Mm. Oklahoma State's defense was terrific early in the season. But even as the year went on, that kind of waned a little bit. And offensively, it has not been a typical Oklahoma State to me. So I think Miami has been the better team all year. And I think it's the better team going into this matchup. So I know that I'm on the side with the points here.
0: What about the uh, that total at 60 and a half where uh, I look at Oklahoma State's defense without a doubt as a strength. I look at the limitations of Oklahoma State's offense as it has not been explosive, as you just mentioned right there. And if I'm taking a side, I'm probably taking the under here, but uh, I don't know if I feel uh, as strongly about that as I do with Oklahoma State, which again, I admit is I think Mike Gundy is like an anti Holgerson in terms of how he wants to approach bowl games. I, I kind of yeah. give him some bonus points where I definitely take him away from Holgo. And I, I am absolutely in a, a little bit of a fade. Miami Miami is the better team. Better teams don't always win bowl games, but I will definitely admit that over the course of the season, Miami, cause Miami won games for Derek King. Wasn't the star. Like, those games against Virginia, those games against Pitt, like, those was a stretch of games where Miami's defense actually had to bail them out of games and be able to lead them to victory. So I'm with you. Miami is the better team. It is the more well-rounded team. But better teams don't always win bowl games. So maybe the under if you want to jump in on that and you don't want to mess with the side.
1: Yeah, and Mike Gundy teams are very good in bowl games. But I also – and I have this – is, this is just anecdotal. I have not looked this up, but – I feel like they do better in these games when they're kind of seen as the underdog. Whereas this matchup, I don't think that there's that whole disrespect angle where they're trying to prove a point. And I just think that honestly, going back to the beginning of the season and the way things were going in the off season with like the stuff between Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy and the OAN t-shirt and all that w- weird crap that seems like it was two years ago, but it was only a few months ago. I just wonder if there's a part of Oklahoma state that's just ready to get this season done. Like Chuba Hubbard's already opted out, but Tylan Wallace is playing Spencer Sanders is playing, but I just wonder as a team, if they're ready to move on to 2021 already. And I wonder if we're going to see that in this game. Cause I know that with Derek King announcing he's coming back, even though they won't have Jalen Phillips. I just get the feeling like Miami's more excited to be in this game than Oklahoma State is.
0: Yeah. And look, if I take an L, then it came because I jumped on the other side of Oklahoma State. I admit to to the longtime listeners that I was out here doing the like, how much does Oklahoma State want to be here in the last weeks of the regular season? And now I'm on the other side of it telling you to take the Cowboys in a bowl game. So I'm I'm admitting all the hypocrisy that comes with having to pick every daggum game that's on the college football slate. <laughs> uh, all right, the nightcap. So again, that one's at 5:30 p.m. Eastern time. The nightcap will be 9 p.m. Uh, on ESPN from the Alamo Dome, Texas and Colorado. Old Big 12 rivalry. Alamo bowls get a little bit frisky. We've got an over/under here at 63 and a half, 64. Texas is just over a touchdown, about an eight-point favorite as we're sitting here recording this now. The Tom Herman talk will be um, mentioned on the broadcast. You know, the vote of confidence he got from athletic director Chris Del Conte. Uh, Sam Ellinger in what we believe will be his last game will be the big talk of it. Carl Durrell with an impressive performance with Colorado uh, in this in this season, his first year with the Buffs. Lot of intriguing storylines here before we get a get a pick on this. What do you which of these are you the most excited about? The Texas side of things, the mini Texas side of things, or the Colorado side of things?
1: Uh probably Texas. I think I mean Colorado I've already been excited about because I feel like they've had their unexpected season. Like we didn't we didn't see it coming from them. So I feel like no matter how this game goes, Colorado, we're gonna look back and say, hey, 2020 for the buffs considering everything involved was a pretty successful season and you got to feel good about it. Texas, I feel like needs this. Like if, if the longhorns look at a situation where Herman's going to be back for another year, at least we're pretty sure that's going to be the case. You never know at Texas, things can change quickly, but it's like, all right, Herman's back. Sam Ellinger might be going and if they go out on a loss to this team in a bowl game, it's just it leads to a really long, disappointing offseason. So maybe excited for isn't the right word as much as hopeful for for their sake, like empathetic wise. Like, come (laughs) on, I I want you guys to have at least a good taste going in your mouth, going in the offseason. It it is weird because like you mentioned, we don't know if this is Sam Ellinger's last game or not what if like Texas wins this game in like dramatic fashion based on like Sam Ellinger makes a play in the final minute. And then in the heat of the moment, kind of like after the Georgia win, when he announced that Texas is back, he just gets on that stage and yells, I'm coming back.
0: I, I know I said Texas was back a few years ago, but I want to tell y'all I'm back. Hook them. <laughs> yeah, I would like, love I it. could see that happening. Love it. Um, I got big, play alerts sort of all throughout this just because of the way, uh, you know, I love a fast track, uh, Mm -hmm. and Alamo dome is absolutely a fast track skill position talent. I think shows up and I don't think Colorado's defense had to play that many offenses that have the kind of skill position talent that Texas has. So I, I just think there's big plays all over the place in this game. I wonder, um, Colorado doesn't really stress teams in, in a multi dimensional way. It's a lot of Jarek Broussard running the ball and trying to be as efficient as possible, but stopping that also requires a lot of want to. I don't know how much want to Texas' defense is going to bring to this one, and that is a fair question considering the performances that we saw from Texas' defense through the years when you consider all the different possibilities where it's like, all right, so they're, they're favored by eight and a half. When I approach that, especially in a bowl game, I'm like, so they could win by 17. Right, so it's yeah. like close Texas win, big Texas win, uh, close Colorado win. Of those, which one do you think seems the most likely? Big
1: Texas win. Yeah, I just, I mean the fear here is you know Texas is without a lot of a lot of players are missing. Like they're missing, I think five captains was the latest count. I think Sam is the only captain left. It's just as you mentioned, like with Colorado's offense. And Jarek Broussard, you could take this whatever way you want, but it's probably not going to be the way I intend it. He's very Barry Sanders-ish in that run game in that there's a lot of nothing, nothing, one-yard gain, one-yard gain, two-yard gain, and then bam, 45-yard run. And it's hard for Colorado, I think, to be – efficient and being able to sustain that I think against a better defense and while Texas's defense has struggled for sure against the pass against the run they've actually been pretty okay they're not great but they've been decent and I just don't know if a one-dimensional Colorado offense is going to be able to keep up with this Texas offense because I do think that if this is Sam's last game or not I think that he's going to want to go out playing well, no matter how, just to end the season well. And I think that we're going to see a good performance from this Longhorns offense. I think Bijan Robinson has really started to come into his own after kind of struggling to find his feet early in the season as the as we approached the last few weeks, he really got going and found into a, got into a groove. His confidence is up and he's running really well. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a bet, a big game against this Colorado defense. So I just look at this matchup and I think it can be high scoring, but I think I'm more confident in Texas because I just like, I look at that total and you said, this is a fast track and my inclination is to go over here, but Unless Colorado can find a passing attack that we just haven't seen, I don't. I think I feel like Texas is going to have to be largely responsible for it to for it to happen.
0: Yeah, 63, 64. Texas would probably have to get out there and sniff a fifty burger, uh, unless this does become a, a true shootout and Jared mm-hmm. Broussard hits a bunch of those. Let's see, did I lock this in? Yeah, over sixty three. The way I locked
1: it in. Yeah, and then I think we've got to lock infinity on Texas minus nine.
0: Or Lock Unity. Chip's not in on it.
1: Or Lock Yeah, Lock Unity. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't get myself a lot. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We'll be back in your feed first thing tomorrow morning with breakdowns, previews, and picks for the Duke's Mayo Bowl between Wake Forest and Wisconsin and the Cotton Bowl between whatever's left of Florida and the Oklahoma Sooners. Tom, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you.